Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. For more information, you can visit deltadentaloh.com. For years, our family doctor was in our neighborhood. About a 10-minute ride, that's all it took to get there. But about 10 years ago, he moved about 30 minutes away. And while it's a little more inconvenient, we still just jump in the car and drive out to see him. But not everyone's in the financial position that offers the luxury of time and easy access to transportation. For many of those people, they turn to their community health centers for health care. Recently, Uvo Health, a New York-based startup that provides value-based contracting and administrative services to those centers, entered the Ohio market. Helping Uvo launch its new venture is Lauren Anthus. He's the new head of policy and programs. Lauren has roots in our area. He grew up in Shaker Heights and earned his MBA from BW. Lauren, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much, Dan. Happy to be here. You are in healthcare administration, but you didn't start out in that direction. You actually started out as a political science major. So how did you end up in this field? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so in my undergrad at Ohio University, I studied political science, and my corollary was uh, religious history, so politics and religion. <laughs> and that really uh, lended itself well to having uh, tough conversations in the legislature. <laughs> so <laughs> I sort of uh, grew up professionally working in public policy, uh, having worked in the Ohio House at the Ohio Medicaid department and then have held several positions uh, throughout my career in policy roles and in advocacy roles with organizations like Metro Health, uh, the Center for Community Solutions most recently. And I I actually uh, still teach at my alma mater, Ohio University and its Heritage College of Medicine, where I teach um, things like economics, quality improvement, that sort of thing. So you were a senior fellow in health planning at the Center for Community Solutions, and now you're at Uvo Health, which is this startup. What made you decide to make this change? Well, I think when you work in public policy, oftentimes some of these issues can get really abstract. And I think what drew me to the Center for Community Solutions was the fact that you were on the ground with a lot of human service organizations, folks like community health centers, and it gave me an appreciation for the type of work that they do. Um, but, you know, oftentimes that policy work, that advocacy work, you don't you don't get your hands dirty in executing on a lot of the the types of things that you want to see. And interestingly enough, as we're talking today, you know, the, the 1st of February begins the brand new managed care program for Ohio Medicaid. After four years of work, there is a new contract in place. And, and for those preceding years, the last three or four years in my policy role, a lot of what I did was working on some of the provisions in uh, that new contract uh, to define new opportunities in policy to, to do better as a state. Because um, right now, if you pay attention to some of the data around this, the Health Policy Institute of Ohio has shown that Ohio is 47th out of 50 states in terms of healthcare value, which is a comparison of the types of outcomes we get versus how much we spend. So that means that we're spending more than your average state and we're getting worse outcomes compared to your average state. And as a country, we do worse relative to other countries. And I think COVID demonstrated there's a lot of medically underserved people in Ohio who are in need of primary care, and this will only be exacerbated by the end of the public health emergency. And so you know, health centers, federally qualified health centers, are specifically designed to help underserved people access the care they need. And I think you can look to organizations locally like Better Health Partnership and the type of work they did to partner with community health centers in reducing vaccine disparities. But traditionally, you know, a lot of these entities rely on a fee-for-service model, and those sorts of resources are very limiting. Uh, they don't have the type of flexibility to make the sorts of investments that you may need to make 
And with this new managed care program, you know, we're moving aggressively away from fee-for-service and towards value-based care, which is much less limiting. And this will enable health centers to do more with the resources they have and address things like social determinants, like transportation, food, maybe some basic care management they may not otherwise have the resources to be able to address. So we, we want to partner with community health centers and take advantage of this new opportunity. And we feel like we provide this sort of administrative support so that these organizations, which are often small and already under-resourced, can work together and we can provide capacity so they can meaningfully engage in this sort of work. These community health centers, this actually dates back to the Great Society. What's the background on this? Yeah, so, you know, I think a big part of uh, why community health centers are such an important part of our delivery system is they were founded uh, in part to address a lot of the systemic inequities when it comes to the delivery of medicine in communities. You know, we've historically done a lot to finance and support the construction of hospitals and the creation of medical centers, uh, but these large institutions often don't uh, create the same sort of access that may be needed in communities for basic primary care. So, you know, as a part of the Great Society and as a part of the uh, outgrowth of that work, there was a drive to establish more uh, community-centered options that enabled individuals to access the basic services they need. And there's been a great benefit to that, you know, whether we're talking about specific populations within communities, or if you're talking just generally about folks who might be lower income or who might be challenged by some other systemic inequities, these centers create an opportunity for them to not only engage their health uh, in a different way, but do so in a way that's culturally concordant, uh, in a way that's meaningful to them. And the results have borne a lot of fruit. We've seen a lot of advantages. And in fact, many of the folks who established Uvo Health uh, grew up receiving their primary care from these same community centers. So for us, it's, it's the mission and vision isn't just you know a tagline or a good bumper sticker. It's something that we all feel, live, and breathe every day. Just how big of a segment does the community health center system serve? It's pretty significant. I mean, when you think about um, who is served by uh, federally qualified health centers, community health centers, you know, a big portion of the people who are served are on the Medicaid program. And Medicaid currently covers around one in four Ohioans to give you a sense of the scale. So we're talking about, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Ohioans alone, millions of individuals across the United States. And oftentimes these community health centers are really the ones doing most of the primary care work in Medicaid. That's not to say that hospitals or other systems aren't also providing primary care, but you know, these centers are really focused in on that work and are disproportionately serving the needs of folks who, you know, are on Medicaid or maybe uninsured. Uh, so, you know, part of what we're trying to do is build the administrative capacity so that for these primary care centers who are serving this population, they have the resources to to be able to address all those needs because oftentimes those systems are also not very well financed. Is Medicaid the main way that most patients who use these centers pay their bills? Oftentimes, yes. Uh, it's not limited to that. You know, there's there's certainly a lot of folks who are on Medicare uh, who have private insurance, employer-sponsored insurance. You know, I have several friends who prefer to go to federally qualified health centers for their basic primary care. Uh, because, you know, they have that sort of focus or they might have a specific need or, you know, it's just around the corner from them. So it's just very convenient. Um, but, you know, typically Medicaid is is 
the predominant payer in these environments, especially when you compare them to large hospital systems where it may only be a few percent of the patients that they serve. Tell me about how you, the client relationship you have with these centers. How does this work? Are, you, are, are they approaching you saying, we need assistance with things? What's, what's the relationship? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think a lot of times what people think of is they say, oh, here's a company and they're a vendor. And then we're, we're very much not that. We This is all about a partnership. If you think about, you know, and I've had this experience directly working with various providers, but if you think about some of the larger resourced institutions that may have medical school affiliations or who, you know, have uh, big investments or even in their own investment portfolio, they have the resources to develop really complex and sophisticated systems around IT, contract negotiation, claims adjudication, so on and so forth. With many of these community health centers, they don't have the ability to do that because, you know, they might be operating on a shoestring budget or they're just worried about trying to deliver the best care possible. So how we frame this is we're more of a partner. You know, we're here to try to connect with various uh, community health centers and commonly contract and provide a mechanism to administer those contracts so that they can focus in on delivering care and we serve them and partner with them to achieve the best results possible as well as the best reimbursement environment possible. And with that comes a lot of additional capacity to do new and interesting things, uh, to make investments they otherwise would not make. And where we see this going is really just the opportunity to collaborate, to make communities healthier, to drive towards outcomes over, you know, paying for disease and illness. And so we're very excited about the opportunity and we are willing to work with anyone. Um, you know, oftentimes how we, we do this is we say, hey, you know, here's this process of working with us. We start by saying, let's take a look at how you operate. Where are there some efficiencies? Where are there some opportunities? And even in that process, uh, you know, you learn something. And then when we get to the contractual level, we say, okay, we're going to negotiate this contract or you're going to be a part of this, this network. Uh, even then, individual participants can say, well, this doesn't work for us or we would like this change. And, and we don't want to be in a position of impositioning sort of our model. And instead, we just feel very confident that we're able to leverage our experience, our technology, our connections to the industry to negotiate the best conditions possible. So really, it's about, uh, it's more of a marriage than it is about anything else. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. Lauren Anthes joins us today. He's the new head of policy and programs for UVO Health. They just recently entered the Ohio market. Lauren, is there something that makes the Ohio market a good draw for UVO Health? Why did you decide to come into this market? Absolutely. So, so first of all, I think Ohio is a very dynamic state. Um, you know, it has lots of different types of communities. Uh, you know, it's an urban state. It's a rural state. It has a lot of development and wealth, and it also has deep uh, pockets of poverty. And 
I think with that dynamism um, also comes along the reality that we're a big state uh, with a lot of new things happening in the Medicaid program. I think one thing that the DeWine administration has done is really invested in systematic supports through its Medicaid program to engineer a system built around value, built around population health. And so what makes it attractive as a state is it creates the opportunity, the imperative to develop systems that accomplish that value. And what we think is we know how to do that. We can help community health centers in that process. And the reason why that's important is, you know, oftentimes when you think about these sorts of changes, there's really one of two paths you can take. The first path is, you know, if you're already big, if you already have scale, you gobble up a, as much of the community-based services that might be available to you so that you can control as much of the throughput as we like to talk about it, you know, the, the case management, the services that might be available, and that's a way to cost efficiency, right? The economies of scale gets you there. But the evidence shows that that's not really effective. And instead, you need to have a robust community delivery system to work. But in order for that community delivery system to work, they need the administrative capacity. So we feel like this is a great opportunity for us because, number one, the policy supports are there. The environment is good. And we meet a critical market need for a critical part of the, the delivery system for the Medicaid program in the state. You talked about the amount of money we spend in the state of Ohio on health care and what we get back for it and that as a nation as well. What are some of the reasons that we lag so far behind? There's a lot of reasons. I think so. First of all, you know, if you talk to uh, the ghost of Uwe Reinhardt, the uh, <laughs> economist for Princeton, he would first say, you know, it's the prices, stupid, right? Uh, the famous work from the early 2000s, which was reiterated a couple of years ago. Part of the problem that we have here is that we have a legacy system of fee-for-service that incentivizes disease. Uh, we pay more for heart surgery than we do, you know, blood pressure management. We pay more for a diabetic amputation than we do diabetes control. And because of that, we have these large, acute, oriented institutions that really comprise our delivery system. And on top of that, we often don't spend a lot on social supports, on other supportive factors and things like housing and food and income. And so when you couple those things together, we tend to do pretty poorly. And I think you can look at any data around mortality before and after COVID, and we're lagging even further compared to other countries. I mean, the United States for the first time since the 50s has its mortality rate increasing. And the, the primary reason for that is the opioid use disorder epidemic, which is concentrated in the Ohio Valley. And so our questions of, you know, how do we pay for things coupled with how do we support people economically combined for this sort of bad environment or this environment which doesn't promote health and wellness? Now, as we as a country rethink this equation, we're starting to think about systems that support outcomes. How do we pay more or pay better when something is avoided? How do we incentivize prevention? I think community health centers are well positioned to meaningfully participate in this new environment, and that's exactly what we try to do. Our mission is to ensure that every community health center can provide compassionate care to their entire community. That means that you work and you collaborate with community-based organizations. You, you work with the food pantry. You work with the doula program to be able to deliver meaningful care. And what we can do is provide all that administrivia 
that contractual support, the IT support to be able to get that sort of work done. Do you find, though, people who've been in this sort of private sector health world raise an eyebrow when you talk about value-based care? Oftentimes, yes, but not at UVO. And that's honestly what, what drew me to the position. You know, for me, I've dedicated my career so far to public service towards uh, trying to engender a good policy environment and policy conditions which promote health and wellness. UVO Health is, is unique. It's a very different type of organization. It's not singularly focused in on just those objectives or key results that are about you know capital turnover. Um, I mean, that's obviously a part of any business, including nonprofits, right? Large hospital systems always focus in on the bottom line, for example. But I think it's really this, this vision, right? This idea that we believe every person has a right to live their healthiest life. And I think there is, there's a cultural shift taking place where some of the people who are in this sector are starting to realize that you cannot create this change without this fundamental understanding. And so what I, what I believe is the reason why I'm involved and why you know, I joined UVO and why they sought me out was in part because this is embedded within the, the culture of the organization. And this organization is ahead of the curve in terms of where healthcare has to go to be able to meaningfully get better outcomes. And in the context of Ohio, move from 47th overall to first. Finally, what are some of the things that the patients need to understand about dealing with the community health center? What are their responsibilities and what are some of the things they need to know? You know, I think one of the things that's really important to understand in value-based design is that it has to be patient-centered. And patient-centeredness acknowledges the fact that in a lot of cases, healthcare is not something that people enjoy consuming, right? right? It often, it often is complex. It's confusing. People get, you know, different types of bills. Uh, they may not understand their benefits. Um, you know, it can be uh, a matter of life and death. And so it's not a very comfortable thing. It's not like buying a car or, you know, purchasing a new laptop. It's, it's a very complex information. And that asymmetry is fundamental. Um, I think what we are doing is making that system simpler not only for the physicians and the clinicians who are involved in the delivery of care, but ultimately the patient, so that it's more seamless, so that more of their needs are addressed, and that we establish contracts that can better connect the dots between their various providers and the community-based organizations that serve them. So if you're talking about someone who may be on Medicaid, who's also food insecure, who's also housing insecure, what we'd like to do is collaborate with various organizations to say, let's develop a system that comprehensively understands and acknowledges that those needs. And instead of forcing someone through a fragmented system and then saying, it's your fault for not knowing how to navigate it, let's instead provide the resources and the supports that make that system function better so that they don't, they're not burdened with having to navigate it on their own. And instead, they have someone who's on their side, they have a network on their side so that they can meet our goal of supporting the, their healthiest life. Lauren Anthes, good health care for all is a noble goal. Thanks for joining us today. Great pleasure having you. Oh, thank you for having me. Lauren Anthes is the new head of policy and programs for UVO Health. He joined us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. You can find out more at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.
Oh, 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 oh,